0: Welcome back to Abundant Culture Podcast,
1: where we dissect the mindsets and tactics of the true beasts of business.
0: People like Gary Vee, Grant Cardone, and Warren Buffett,
1: all to create a blueprint to experience life more abundantly. Hey everyone, Joseph here. Now you guys know that we love to interview people who have very unique businesses, and if you like that as well, we feel like you're going to love today's podcast guest. Today, we're interviewing none other than the co-founder of the Magic Penthouse himself. The Magic Penthouse has quickly grown to be ranked number four on TripAdvisor under shows and concerts. And today, we're going to be covering how the Magic Penthouse brand was built and how they sell out every event, even though they have a $0 marketing budget. So get ready to listen to our guests send or do. All right. Thanks, Sin, so much for being on the Abundant Culture Podcast. We're so glad to have you because we feel like what you do is ultra unique. I've never met somebody who has the same type of business you do. So we can't wait to jump into that. But as always, first we want to start off with your story and we want to know our audience wants to know how did you get into like what you're doing now and you know, kind of what's your background? Sure. Well, first of all,
2: thanks for having me. I'm excited to to share my story. Um the whole thing, the magic penthouse started um kind of randomly, as I think most businesses do. I I have a master's in business psychology and I was working as a consultant um in Germany first and then I moved to the US for my fiance. Um, so love brought me here, right? <laughs> <laughs> um and then I, I ran into uh, Nick Roy, who's now my business partner um at a magic shop. so it's it's that geeky. That's right. I, we, we literally met at a magic shop, and um, I've been doing magic for fifteen years at that point, so I just I love the arts. I've been performing a lot. And he turns to me after a while, and he said, "You seem like a normal guy. We should hang out." Um, (laughs) which is not normal that in a magic shop you always meet normal people so i appreciate it i took that as a big compliment um he invited me over he had a custom suit store and a penthouse i i went there and i said oh my god this is an amazing space um and after we hung out a little bit and like geeked out a little bit with magic I, i said why don't we throw a like a party up here and just make it magic?" themed, I guess. Um, and the name came right then and there. Very obvious. It was the Magic Penthouse because the, the custom suit store wasn't a penthouse. Um, and we just did it. And it was a blast. So we just kind of did it for ourselves. And then ultimately, eventually it took off and, and took us in a direction that I never anticipated because I never planned on being an entrepreneur.
1: <laughs> oh, wow.
0: Most people don't. <laughs> yeah. Um, and like that is, is really cool how you kind of just like fell into it um, but how did you get into magic like take us back to the point where you were like that's it I'm doing magic
2: I mean when so I think I started in 2002 um, and my brother was a foreign exchange student in the U.S. so I was in Germany and back then we had something really new called the internet as lent <laughs> msn messenger right you could start instant messaging and i think for the very first time you could send a video in 2002 maybe um and my brother sent me this low quality webcam video of himself <laughs> of doing a card trick and the card trick was just a what we what with magic we call a, a color change you would see one card and it would change into a different card and the video was over and i was completely blown away because I don't think YouTube was a thing yet so I didn't see ever a magic video before and I knew it was him because I recognized his ugly ugly pants <laughs> So, <laughs> and I just kept watching this video and I couldn't figure it out And because we're brothers, he wouldn't tell me <laughs> um, so I just started reading books, I, uh, I needed to figure it out before he returned from the US he was there for one year and I didn't but I learned a million other things on the way that I could show him when he came back and eventually he he did share that secret with me and I think once you find something that you really that's your passion then you just you don't you can't stop it's just going to you as soon as people look away like whether you're at work or like on the train it doesn't matter you want to do that and that's what magic just instantly became to me what other people see as as horrible I have to practice eight hours a day was to me like, Oh my God, how how do I get enough time so I can practice 10 hours a day? Just because it's, how is my passion.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. Um, and like that brings up when we first, um, uh, had like an, in, an introduction meeting. Um, I remember you were sitting there playing with your cards <laughs> before we even got there. <laughs> yeah. yeah,
2: no, I don't, I don't really leave my house without cards. In fact, uh, I got, I got them right here. Um, but the, sorry, if you hear like a little sound like that, that's always cards, I promise.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, awesome. so it, it, was, it was more so, and I like the mindset that you really attacked it with, because I think so often in life, uh, we think about, oh, I have to do this or I have to do that. I have to practice this amount of time or I have to practice this amount of time. And what I realized is what you said, which is what I think everybody should think about, you know, their career is, oh, I get to practice for eight hours a day. Mm -hmm. And as a matter of fact, I should be trying to figure out how I can get to practice 10 hours a day. And Mm -hmm. I think that's very, very uh, pivotal for anybody who wants to get into entrepreneurship I would say if you can't do what, if the thing that you're trying to do, if you can't do that for eight hours a day, and sometimes 10 or 12 or even, you know, 14 sometimes, Mm -hmm. I would say that might not be the thing that you should be doing. Because there are going to be days where, like, it's a grind, but when you love what you do, it doesn't feel like a grind, which is great now there's
2: two sides to that and i want to i want to speak to that and this kind of comes from my business psychology background um everyone always says follow your passion which is i'm not i'm not 100% behind that because yeah. honestly it, your passion might not turn out to be a real career honestly magic just by doing magic for most people that does not turn into a career yeah mm-hmm. um but what i would say is be open minded when it comes to new passions, because passions can develop and passions can go, so honestly, I'm not into practicing eight hours a day anymore. That phase came and left, but I'm still super interested in magic, so I actually turned that around and now my passion is giving amazing magicians the right setting, the stage, the feedback, the, um, the opportunity to be showcased, right?
1: Yeah.
2: So, so a lot of times people think, well, my passion is writing. I love writing books. And then they're like, well, that means I'm an author. And then they start doing it, and they start hating it eventually, but yeah. they feel like they're grinding. They have to grind every day and do it. Be open to where the path can take you, and then new passions will develop. Um, I, I think so. It's a tricky one to say yeah. follow your passion in that sense. Um, yeah. With that in mind, I got lucky. I got really lucky, I have to say that.
1: Yeah, for <laughs> sure.
2: And not um, taking ownership on other things.
1: Yeah, you're a really lucky guy. Yes. But I think uh this guy, um I can't remember his first name, but I know his last name is Roe. He was the guy on Dirty Jobs. Have you ever heard of that show? I think it's yes, came yes. Yeah. I actually heard about him in a podcast. Yeah, so uh <laughs> this guy who was, you know, the host of that show, uh what he always says is follow opportunity, but take your mm-hmm. passion with you. Mm-hmm. And I think that's so uh kind of integral to like your, your journey in life. Cause just like you said, you know, your, your passion may not necessarily have an opportunity for you at the moment, but it's kind of like, a you know, the, the cards that you bring with you all the time, you may yeah. be going for a different job interview, but guess what? You have your cards there and you never know like yeah. where that could really lead. So I think what you just said, there is important. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs should definitely keep that in mind because um, like you said, passions, they, they change, they transform. My mm. passion wasn't always finance. Actually, I didn't even get into finance until like a couple years ago. But then when I got into it, it it formed into my passion yeah so i think it's great that you shared that with our viewers because a lot of people struggle with that oh i'm trying to follow my passion but i need to make money and then you know it's hard to put it together sometimes but you're a lucky guy so you did
2: (laughs) I, I, i did and i'm constantly evolving around what what makes me happy there um and i if other people they're true when i talk to a lot of our magicians in fact i just had a meeting with them I ask them, what's your goal? And they say, I, I just want to perform as much as possible. That's my, like, that's where I strive. And I'm like, you go, I'll give you all the gigs that I got. Because right now I want to, that's my passion is showcasing you. Yeah. Make you look the best. And and so different goals, you just got to talk to people too and see how can you work together and, and, and give each other more work that you love. Yeah. And the way the work that you don't love.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, so for the audience members that don't know uh, what exactly Magic Penthouse is, can you explain like what that is, um, you know, how how it goes?
2: Sure. Um, so the Magic Penthouse, I, I explained earlier how it developed. It was just kind of let's throw a fun party in. Um, but eventually we started talking about what do we want out of magic and why is so much magic that we watch nowadays? shitty i'm (laughs) I'm sorry i don't know if i can curse no you're good you're good (laughs) um i mean we all know that magician like with a top hat and pulls a quarter out of you that creepy uncle um or the people who like saw women in half or link rings i'm like why the hell are you linking rings what's the point of linking those two rings how is this relevant to me Mm -hmm. right um like why would i care if you can pull a quarter out of my ear like i have an atm card i can get money <laughs> uh, but the so what we said is how do we make magic irrelevant? Because magic is not limited by playing cards or by coins. Magic is defined as anything that's impossible. So ultimately we got together. I, I i was lucky enough that the magic community is fairly small and I got to meet amazing magicians who are really pushing the envelope. Um so we said, How can we push this envelope further and say how do people care about this again? Um, so we started, first we started off kind of like the Disney concept. We said, what would be the ideal case scenario? All right? And I said, well, at my perfect party, there's always an open bar. That's what I said, uh, because I love parties with open bars. So we said, all right, open bar. And then I said, am I, if I have a perfect party, I would love live music. So we all had live music. And I said, I want the magic real close up in my hand, not on stage. And that's what we did. And that's how it kind of transformed. We just said, what do we really, what would we want out of it if it was relevant and new? Kind of threw away the idea of, okay, we have a stage now. What, let's create a normal magic show. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is the history, how, we, how it all came about. But the way you can imagine it now is really, it's once a month for the public. It's 100 tickets limit. We've been sold out for three and a half years now, um, every single month. And it's open bar, catered food, live music, and we're actually at five magicians now who perform for you up close and personal. Um, And it's a combination, I can't give too much away, but it's a combination of stage magic and close-up magic. And you can really just imagine like a three-hour cocktail party that's
0: designed around magic. Yeah. And the guys, if you go to the website and if you look at the pictures, like the pictures explain everything he's talking about. Like just looking at the pictures, it's like, man, I want to go to this. <laughs> yeah, for
1: sure.
2: It's 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 a blast, and it's important to us that it for everyone it's a blast. So I want the musician to have a great time. I want the magicians to have a great time and not just think, oh, it's another gig. I want every single person who comes to be like oh my God, I've never experienced anything like this. So if people clap after a magic trick, they're like, yeah, yeah. Then we didn't do our job right. They need to be in awe. They need to, they need to not be able to speak or scream or run away. And that's what we're going <laughs> yeah. for. We're going for big reactions. We're going for performances that will influence them longer than one minute. But they talk about
1: the next weeks. Wow. That's, awesome. that's amazing so you you mentioned that you've been sold out for so long. Mm-hmm. How did you actually manage to sell so many tickets mm-hmm. without like a huge you know massive marketing budget or something along those lines?
2: Well, the marketing budget has been and still is zero dollars Thats we, amazing. We spend zero dollars on marketing. It's all word of mouth and uh, just on our online presence um but the we started very simple with, I mean, tickets used to be in the very beginning, $50, and we only invited, fi- or we had 50 people. Um, and again, we had open bar, catered food, live music at that point, three magicians in a penthouse space. You can't get that price anywhere in Chicago. So we had way too That's much true. value for way too low of a price. So that was an easy sell. Um, you you just I mean we combined our contacts. We send an email, and said fifty tickets, get them now, boom! People were like fifty bucks, open bar, three hours, hell yeah! <laughs> right? Yeah. One, but once you create a hype, once people want to come but they can't because it's sold out four weeks in advance, then you're creating value. And then when you say seventy five bucks, they're like, I don't care. I, this seems to be something that's worth it. Um, simultaneously, I'm I'm really grateful that from the very beginning our our Followers and our attendees loved it. Um, so we have, I don't know, 130 perfect reviews on TripAdvisor um, uh, or nearly perfect, I should say. We have phenomenal reviews on Yelp and Google just because people really enjoyed it and they felt that this was a passion project and people want to support passion, which is something I'm, I'm really grateful for too.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's amazing because I feel like you guys are so customer centric that it like, it's almost the ideal situation for an entrepreneur, right? Like, you know, a lot of, you know, when you're dealing at dealing with business at, you know, higher levels and different things of that nature, you're trying to figure out, all right, you know, how much do we spend on marketing and, you know, how do we, you know, do the marketing this month and stuff like that in order to get people in. Mm-hmm. But I think at the core of business, the goal is to deliver such a phenomenal product or such a phenomenal service that Mm. people have to talk about you, they will talk about you, Mm. they will bring people to you. Mm. And you're like one of the first people that I I honestly ever heard of that with pretty much just a simple online presence, no marketing dollars, have managed to grow a really, really successful company in a a niche that I don't think a lot of people really pay attention to that much. So Mm -hmm. that's... My hat's off to you.
2: That's awesome. That is awesome. And again, again I, I, I feel like I got really lucky because um, I met the right people at the right time, shared the same values, um, and were willing to help us out. Um, but something that I, I highly encourage everyone to, to do is talk to your customers more and see... Because you're not going to come up with a perfect product. Let's be honest. Your product is, in the beginning, most likely not even good.
0: Yeah.
2: yeah. So the more you really... Get your customer to tell you what's good and what's bad, and you listen to that. I mean, as I said, I just met with magicians uh, again and with a debrief meeting, and we talked individually what went well, what didn't go well, and we have a survey going out to all of our attendees asking what did you like most, what could be improved, um, how would you describe it, and every single comment we go through, we talk about, and we see how can we improve on that. So we've literally never done the same show twice because we. Always after every single show change things. That's amazing.
0: That is amazing. Yeah. Um so That's raising how, the bar. right. That is. <laughs> um, so how did your very first show go? Because you said that, you know, your product is not gonna be great the first time. Um mm. so like, you know, how did it go? Like, was it sold out or you know, what what was what was it like?
2: Mm-hmm. Um with, usually, if you do something for the first time, who's going to come? Friends and family. Mm-hmm. So we, we had a safe harbor. I mean, 50 people. And if the magicians put it on their Facebook, and they're like, hey, I'm, I'm doing this fun show at a penthouse. You should come. It's people who you know. So it's not super risky. Um, luckily, with magic, if you work with great magicians, if everything else isn't perfect, it's still amazing. Because how many people get to witness real good magic in their life? Very few. Yeah. Um, very few because there's a lot of magic out there and there's not a lot of good magic out there. And um, I, I was lucky enough to run into the right people. They were willing to do this with us from the very beginning and they've been professional. So I knew I have a hit already with the quality of performers. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the fact that we were serving like alcohol, I mean, drinks out of plastic cups. People can forget about that. They, they'll be like, "Well, but the magic was amazing. Let's forget about the cups." Yeah. Um, however, that was something to me where I said, "If I want to create the perfect event, I went to Costco and I bought classes. Right. <laughs> I mean, that's how it has to go. You. you um, but yeah, so it, it went really well, but obviously I had a list of twenty-five things to improve after the first one. We tried to improve it, and it didn't work. And we did it again and again, and for three and a half years we've been doing that. And uh, I. We just did it again. And I'm really excited for next month because we have something we've never tried before on September 6th.
1: Really, really exciting. Awesome. Wow. <laughs> so, you um, like, obviously, you guys are very, you know, centered around your customer and just delivering a phenomenal experience. Uh, do you have an ideal customer in mind, or, or is it just like anybody who's really interested in magic? Hmm. So there's there's two answers to that. Um,
2: right now, we've only been talking about the monthly event that we do, right? We do once a month for the public on our tickets. Um, An ideal customer for that does not exist because, I mean, ultimately, we. I'm really proud of our diversity. We have everything from 25-year-olds to, it's a 21-plus event, um, so it's from 25-year-olds mm-hmm. to 70-year-olds in the room nice i mean it's such an open concept that they start talking to each other and you always leave with knowing more people than when you came um so of of course when we we talk about who do we want to attract and, and reach and with our posts and what's our branding we have to have someone in mind um and that's the the only thing that we try to limit is someone who wants to have an experience out of the ordinary so someone who, who's done it all, right? You've gone bowling, you've gone to concerts, you've, mm-hmm. gone, you've done the helicopter tour here in Chicago, which is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and you want to dress up. And this is a big part. Um, we're creating an elegant experience. And how often do you get to, you know, wear that dress that you bought the, years ago that's so pretty for that wedding? We don't go to that many weddings. And then you don't want to wear the same stuff. Right. So Magic Pantos really gives you an excuse in the u s which I think is much rare, to dress up and, and show your best like outfit and and yeah. be in company where everyone looks amazing um, so this is kind of the it, it sounds weird that we center it around who wants to dress up and experience something special, but because we have such a right range of audience i'm listen, I'm listening and i'm hearing it's attractive to anyone right nice so this is one part of the answer the other part of the answer is um, the rest of the month we do ton of private events and there we have to be much more specific so the ideal customer um is actually we, we have a name for her because uh, i again business because so so her name is uh, Catherine smith and she works in in hr and marketing um for a pretty big company i'm, I'm not going to go into the details but um she does cl- a lot of client appreciation events That's what we, that's 50% of what we do, holiday parties and client appreciation events. And she's looking for that next big thing because their company has done it all too, right? We went to improv. We went to the Cubs game. We go bowling, but now they're looking for what's really going to impress my CEO who's traveled the world. And, and this is us where, I mean, we're the only one of this event in, I want to say the world, but I'm definitely sure about the U S. Yeah.
0: I love that you just gave us your user persona, <laughs> like down yeah. to the name, because oh my God. we talked about that with Joe Martin when he was on, and then uh, Benjamin Warzynski when he was on the podcast, too. And we've been talking about this user persona, but this is like the first time where somebody that's not in marketing is actually talking about like, yeah, her name is Catherine Smith. <laughs> oh
2: yeah, oh yeah, we have a, we have a favorite drink for her.
0: <laughs> you know,
2: we have her, her age. We got uh, what she's doing on the weekend when she's not at the Magic Penthouse. We know that she loves animals. If you go on our website, guess what? On our private events, there's a couple of animals at the bottom who are, who are encouraging her to book a private event. We, we use that. And I think that's how you have to think. You have to think of
1: everything. Mm. yeah very meticulous love it yeah
0: your attention to detail is like phenomenal yeah
1: so if somebody (laughs) wanted to (laughs) if somebody wanted to start a like a business surrounded by magic or in the magic industry what should their steps really be or is there not really a really a a path that you could follow in order to get started in something that's so artistic. What's your take on that?
2: I mean, you have to create something new because if you're creating, if you're duplicating something and there's people who've been doing it for five or 10 years, there's, why would they come to your show? Mm -hmm. There's really just like, you know, a couple of reasons why people would, would do your product. Either it's better. So just higher quality, or it's, Uniquer it has its own approach or it's cheaper. I Don't recommend people do the cheap route Because I mean you're you're new in this industry. You're not going to be able to keep things cheap You don't have the connections, you you know, you have high sunk costs all that Um better quality Very subjective a lot of times very mm-hmm. subjective. What's better? Um, so you only really are left with a unique approach um, so look in the market and say, What's, what's something that's never done before that would be cool? And again, you're going to find that out by talking to people. Yeah. So, you know, if you if you take it to magic, I'm just spitballing right now. Um, most magic right now is on stage where magic penthouse is very close up in your hands. What if you bring back huge illusions? We're talking Harry Houdini hanging from the ceiling, going into a water tank. But you make that into a new concept um, that's very industrial so people call you know it's a secret location and then it's just huge illusion that would be pretty sick i'm just thinking of that i'm like i'll, I'll go to that that sounds pretty awesome <laughs> Definitely. you got a
0: new business idea yeah, yeah.
2: Nice idea right there but then you know that's a new approach um, that has nothing to do with magic penthouse there's nothing to do with there's other magic shows in chicago um and i think people will be into that because we're in an age where people are looking for the new big thing mm-hmm. If cool. you're not a tourist, if you're just in your own city, you're looking for that mood really cool thing.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. True. And it's it's oftentimes hard to find too.
2: <laughs> Very. Yeah, which it should be because otherwise, I mean, the exclusivity point is always a sales, It's a good sales point. Yeah,
1: it yes. is. Yeah, I mean definitely. because
0: we didn't even hear about the magic penthouse until Joe Martin told us. He was like, "Yeah, have you guys been to like it's like a magic show in this penthouse?" And we're like no we haven't and then we met you at the event and then we were like okay this is the magic penthouse guy (laughs) that's
2: that's me sounds like a strip club but it's not
0: (laughs) (laughs) that's hilarious (laughs) um so what are some embarrassing moments that you've experienced in business
2: i mean if you if you're in show business there's always things gonna go wrong that's always the case. We I remember so we switched over a year and a half now from the from the penthouse in the loop. We actually switched to a hotel because we again we want to up the quality. I mean a hotel is just the only way to provide high quality drinks and food and service and staff. Yeah. Um in our very first show, January twenty seventh no, twenty eighteen at the hotel, we had a young lady who had a little bit too much to drink. At the final show, she just walks up on stage and starts yelling at the magician. Um, And there's a hundred people watching at that point, uh, all a little confused if she's part of the show, which she was not. Um, But the magician decided to, because she was right in his face, he decided to lick her face. Um, So that (laughs) happened. And obviously, we have a hundred people outraged at that point, and uh, we're trying to kind of save the situation. And you know, you got to apologize. And some people come up to me and say, "Oh my god, that was amazing! That woman was so annoying." Other people come like, "Are you kidding me? Are you licking your customer's face?" And I'm like, "Oh my god!" So right, that's embarrassing. That's uh, not ideal if you're talking about a um, hundred fifty dollar ticket. Now, you don't want to, you don't want to be known for that. Um. But we learn from it. We talk about it. We talk to the clients, and um, gotta move on. Luckily, right. the, the customers have been forgiving for that. They still remember. Some people still remember. Okay. <laughs> it became um, an improv so real quick. <laughs> uh, I mean, if you're if you're a magician, you gotta be good at improv anyway, because there's always things that happen. So yeah. you know, someone drops a glass in the middle of your act, or whatever. You gotta be quick on your feet.
1: Yeah. Would you say that's the n- number one skill a magician should have, or is there another skill that's really, really imperative to what you do?
2: It depends on what kind of magician you are. If you're a, you know, stage magician in Vegas in the nineties, got to have that big actor feel and your, I mean, your manipulation, your skills have to be perfect. And, um, But if you're at the magic penthouse, the number one skill we're looking for is, is is that magician authentic? Because he or she is going to be talking to the clients, to the guests one-on-one, and maybe he doesn't have to perform. Maybe they want to know how he got into magic. And if he's going to start, I got an old book from my grandpa on the, you know, that's a fake story. We all know that fake story. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Tell us the real story. Who are you? How did you get into it? And if they're, if they're a normal person, then people start not just relating to that person, but also to their magic. And it's just a, it's a cool person who can also do impossible things. Um, So authenticity is a huge thing for us at the magic penthouse. Um, Of course, the, the skill itself. I mean, you got years and, and tens of thousands of hours to practice your skill um that's that's a foundation you can't be a professional magician if you didn't invest the time um and then the third thing is exactly what you're saying this quick wittedness this this is how you can tell good like great magicians apart from kind of amateurs amateurs know their routine perfect but what happens if something doesn't happen perfectly then you gotta adapt and ma- still make it a hit and that's i've I, the magicians i've seen and that we invite they kill it even more when we have a heckler in the audience or something like that that's my favorite part really <laughs> that's awesome
0: that is awesome okay. <laughs> um and what is like your overall vision for the magic pals because what we've got what we've taken so far is that um you know it's super super customer centric um mm-hmm. So we know that you're always going to keep asking your customers for feedback, but like, um, do you want this to blow up or, you know, just what, what do you envision for the magic pants?
2: Mm-hmm. So right now we're still, I mean, we're establishing yourself in the Chicago market where we just want to have an even stronger brand. Um, the goal there is that people say, I've heard of it. I haven't gotten be able to get tickets yet. That's the goal. Um, that's the Chicago market. Um, and then we want to create, we don't want to create one-offs. So I don't want to say, okay, well, now that we have, Chicago works really well, I want to go to Detroit or New York and just do the magic penthouse there. Because mm-hmm. that's not new. That's not original. yeah. And it's, And then it's copying again. So the idea is, why don't we create something that I actually uh, the warehouse that you are just talking about. That sounds amazing. I'm getting kind of thinking like maybe do mm-hmm. maybe do that. And that could be in the Chicago market. That could be somewhere else just to reach a different audience. Mm-hmm. Um and we have a lot of partners right now that are reaching out to us that want to create that next new experience. They always approach us with maybe we can do magic penthouse here. And I say, let's just do something completely unique. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be magic penthouse. And um, so that's my or our vision for it we want to keep pushing the envelope but not just uh make it a franchise or whatever because again this is still a passion project so i very much care about how this develops and um how original it is as well yeah
1: is there something that you do outside of magic that helps you stay like this creative because i always think of uh certain skills as almost like a, a muscle, you know? And, you know, I'm a very analytical person, so I literally analyze things every day. It's, and it's mm-hmm. something that I'm just naturally good at. So is there like a, a um, I can see you're really creative, but is there something you do that really keeps that up or is it just come natural to you? Um,
2: well, first of all, I don't want to take the the... All the credit for the response for the creativity because i really don't i again meet with the magicians those are the artists they're giving they're giving input that's so valuable i'm just there taking notes i'm like a secretary Mm -hmm. um and of course i have to see what's possible what's what's affordable what's relevant what matches the brand Um, but a lot of ideas come from other people most ideas, I would even say, um, and I think that's something that most people forget. Just ask for help. Ask for actually is better. Better ask for advice. People love giving advice. Yeah, they love to be the the person that's like, "Oh, you came to me for advice? Well, let me tell you what I think." If you ask for help, you seem a little desperate. If you ask for advice, they're like, "Oh, you're a smart person. Come to me." Um, so I do that a ton, um, and then I just search for patterns and, and try things out. In my own creative process, um, I believe in boredom. I honestly think like when you're bored, you you create the best stuff. Um, and in our day and age, you don't get bored a lot because as soon as you wait in line for a grocery store, you pick your phone, right? You get your out in your pocket. Um, so I consistently force myself to be bored. Um, wow. So whether that's just like, I, I have a balcony here. I lay on the balcony without music, without a book, without anything, even without cards, because that's a preoccupation for me too. Um, and I just sit there. like, Or sometimes I force myself when I walk to a, a meeting that's like a 45-minute walk. I just walk. Don't take music with you. Don't do anything. And you'd be surprised where your mind goes and what, what solutions come up in these phases. I mean, the obvious one that everyone talks about is in the shower. Because yeah. they can't have your phone, and though yeah. they're waterproof now too, so I bet people watch Netflix in the shower. <laughs> <laughs> but so, but that's what I'm saying. That's that's a something that a lot of people overlook: um, the, the fact that you create really, really fun ideas when you're just bored.
0: That reminds me of like meditating. So, there's like a whole bunch of different ways that you can meditate. So, like would that one be considered like active meditation maybe
1: it might be like I I would think so because for for me personally like I found out that I'm I'm kind of a night person so Mm -hmm. um I don't necessarily meditate but I get really bored at night I mean super bored Mm -hmm. but If you look at the notes in my phone, all of the notes were probably came from when I was just like, thought about something and it was like midnight, nobody's up, nothing's on TV. So it's like, (laughs) oh, this would be a good idea. I guess I'll talk about uh, this tomorrow with, you know, Jasmine, whenever she wakes up. So I I think it it probably is kind of a form of meditating, but it's just a little bit more active than maybe focusing on your breathing. You're Mm -hmm. just kind of letting your mind wander. And I think that's, it's genius that you really do that almost intuitively.
0: Like without even calling it meditation and forcing yourself to think of it as that. (laughs)
1: Because it's like you force yourself to be bored where the average person like me, I don't Force myself. I tried not to be bored. I end up mm-hmm. times, but I do my best to try not to be bored. But like when you really put it that way, as almost an exploratory thing, mm-hmm. I think it is really beneficial for people who have to create anything, whether it's a business, a piece of art, or magic, as you do. Yeah,
2: I mean there there is a wonderful book actually. I'm trying to find it right now. um I think it's called The Power of Boredom right here um mark hawkins i'm not sure if it's that one but i think it should be the power of boredom which is exactly what i'm talking about and i heard a podcast about it and i loved it it's wow. really statistically shown that you have those wonderful ideas when you're when your brain is in the auto mode, it's just kind of doing its thing it's making new connections that you couldn't make consciously um and there's fun exercises in there too which is like watch your water boiler just watch it, like, <laughs> until it's boiling. Just It takes, I don't know, a minute or something. You turn it on and you got to watch that. And it forces you to to get into the habit of boredom. And it also forces you to reframe it and think, maybe
0: it's not so bad.
2: Why am I afraid or trying to avoid this feeling? Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Right? So I mean, did you oh, yeah. Sorry. read that book and then you started doing things like being bored like on purpose or was it kind of like you were already bored and then like you found the book
2: it's so for me it's something i have to do consciously because i'm almost hyperactive i always try to do things um like i go to bed because my fiance tells me we're going to bed so i go to bed <laughs> um because otherwise i i would just stay up i don't know i've have, i've have always a million things to do i have a huge list of things i want to do and I, mm-hmm. um i love doing not a huge fan of sleep, um, so so yes, I have to force myself. I didn't actually read the book. I, it's still on my list. Um, oh. I just heard pod, I heard a podcast about it, and I loved it.. I yeah. loved it. Um, so I immediately adapted what was talked about in the podcast. Amazing. Um, but yeah, I think it's, it's you have to force yourself, if you're a person like me to to see I have a creative job. So I, I have to be creative. And um, therefore, if I know boredom helps, then I got to be bored. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I, I also forced myself this summer for the first time in 16 or 17 years not to take cards with me, playing cards, when I left the house. So while I was traveling two months in Turkey and in Germany, I, I think I only performed twice when I was a little drunk. Um <laughs>
1: That sounds like a nice show
2: oh yeah all the other oh, it's an amazing show I'm a great drunk magician um, <laughs> but the yeah all the other times I left the cards at home which brought me to creative ideas of when people say show me something well I just had to pick up things from the table and mm-hmm. that makes it relevant all of a sudden I'm the wizard who can perform things with I don't know your phone or his pen or your ring and and I'm just coming as, as I am right now I don't I don't have to, bring anything um so yeah it's it's literally forcing yourself to to
1: to be creative but you have to be conscious about it
0: that's cool definitely
1: (laughs) so what is i guess the number one thing that you would like for our audience or you know just the people listening or even us to really take away from this podcast episode Mm -hmm. Uh,
2: i mean one is just try to push the envelope try to Try to go a little further than you're just copying um because people appreciate different nowadays, they're looking mm-hmm. for it um and then the other thing is I've been so lucky just because I was open to whoever I meet and whatever they tell me, and I had a lot of meetings that went nowhere, nowhere at all that was uh, but it doesn't it just needs one meeting that brings you somewhere.
1: Mm -hmm. And I would
2: have never thought that meeting Nick Roy in that magic shop would have brought me where I am today, right? Um, And that was because he said, you know, you should stop by my uh, custom suit store. And most people would be like, what the heck? He's just trying to sell me a suit. (laughs) He didn't. And I said, fine, I'll come and I'll And I do that at every single meeting I have all the time. I try to say yes, um, and I try to just see what, what, what they come up with right that doesn't mean that like you have to you have to go with everything a lot of times i tell people like like at the meeting i'm like okay i actually think this is not something we can work on but let me put you in contact with someone else and maybe they'll be able to help but this idea of just um don't qualify leads or people immediately because you really don't know what's going to come out of it
1: that is definitely true
2: it's so, like, I had high hopes on a lot of meetings, and it was horrible. <laughs> I had I had meetings where I was like, In this happens. is going to be so lame, and it changed my life.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it always happens like that. It's strange.
0: Always.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So I don't think we're qualified to make assumptions about or, or to judge how high of potential meetings and people and, and, and things like that are. Yeah.
0: And I love those takeaways. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you are on the Abundant Culture podcast. So it is only fitting that we ask you, how do you spread abundance?
2: Hmm. Well, now being being German and just recently learned what the word abundance means. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I, I think it's by by creating something something that that people are going to be talking about and that, that, that adds real value. Um, and then, and then ultimately sharing that with people. And that also means being honest with them, um, of how they can help you and how they cannot help you. So, um, we have a ton of partners that are not great for magic Pentos, but I just, I, like a lot of people approach us and say, Hey, I have this new liquor company. Can I sponsor you guys? I don't have the money. And I was like, any way I can help you that's not like hurting me in a sense, but I'm just helping other people in that sense, go for it. So we have sponsors and we raffle them off and we do all that. So it's in small ways. And that might be a big change for that company. Um, anything that you can do that doesn't hurt yourself, immediately just do it for other people. Yeah. Right? Um, that's, kind of, that's, that's my approach here because a lot of times you can do a lot of stuff for free mm-hmm. um, that doesn't hurt you and it doesn't benefit you, but it benefits someone else, why wouldn't you do it? Yeah. I also think, uh, I also think people are much too greedy with their time. They're like, oh, I have so little time. I have to be paid for every hour. And I'm like, no, you don't. Just take, don't take yourself so seriously. Prioritize and then, then don't do what's unimportant.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's
2: Definitely. This idea of like tech remember how much you make a year and that's your hourly thing and I'm like no it's not (laughs) I'm just like if someone wants to meet me for coffee because he heard the show is great um, he was wondering about it i meet him for coffee even though he's he's, I don't know what he is an intern at something that's fine let's meet for coffee let's talk about it it turns out these are super valuable connections two years down the road
1: yeah that's amazing
0: (laughs) that is yeah
1: Yeah, I I really think that more people should kind of embody that in business. Because I think the one thing that kills most people in business is ego.
0: Mm.
1: It's like this, oh, you know, they're not paying me, so they're not important. But you never know, just like you said. And I try to be as humble as possible. And when I'm not humble, I'm glad I have a partner that can actually check me. If not, I check myself. But um, I, I like the humility that you really approach it with, because I mean, I feel like you've been humble throughout this whole process of building your business, and it really shows in your success. Basically,
0: you kept calling yourself lucky, so maybe it's not even. I am lucky.
1: super lucky. I am super
2: <laughs> lucky. I'm telling you, you're guys.
0: just grabbing the opportunity and being humble about it.
2: <laughs> yeah. I, was, I would love to agree, but I don't know if that's true. I just, I just am lucky.
1: so there's probably somebody who's going to be watching this podcast and love what you're doing love your brand love the magic penthouse and want to learn more about you or maybe they want to reach out for coffee kind of like you said or just you know maybe catch a show one day what's the best way to get in contact with you google us we'll we're at a point now
2: where our brand is a thing so if you put in magic penthouse or even magic penthouse chicago you'll see our TripAdvisor, you see our website, you'll see our Google reviews. Um, so if you know how to use a computer, you should be able to find us. And hopefully Excellent. Magic Penthouse is not too hard to remember. Um, <laughs> and again, on our website, there's my direct contact. I have no problem with being in direct contact with people. Um, so I honestly, and then give me a call or send me an email. I usually answer emails within an hour or so, um, just because I hate having open emails. So yeah, re, just Google us. I think that's the best way. Plus, once you see our video and website, you'll be blown away anyway. And then I've
0: done my job already.
1: Absolutely. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Yeah. So it was great having you on, um, talking about like the whole experience, um, just everything that you're doing, um, how humble you are, all the thoughts that you gave during this podcast. Everything was super awesome. Um, So we really, really appreciate you coming on to the podcast.
1: My real pleasure. (laughs) Thanks. So that's all we have for today, folks. I hope you got as much value out of this as we did. Keep in mind, the only way we can improve is through constructive feedback. So remember to rate and review this episode. Also, you are not the only person that needs to know this super valuable information. So be sure to subscribe and share as well. Stay tuned for the next episode and remember to always spread abundance. Peace.